On this episode of How'd You Get Here, we talk with Squarespace expert and Knapsack founder, Benjamin Manley. It's a great interview, and I hope that you enjoy it. And so what I like to do is I like to interview entrepreneurs, I like to interview successful business people and creatives, and kind of hear their story about how they got to where they are. So many people think that they don't have what it takes to be successful or that somebody else is maybe a unicorn or make something about them makes them super special that they could have their own business or or do the things they want. And I just like to encourage people to say, you know what, you're not so far from where you want to be and you have what it takes within you to be successful. Yep. Exactly. No silver spoon here. <laughs> Just a regular old stainless steel one. Absolutely. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about, you know, where you grew up, you know, what kind of childhood you had, you know, what, what life you lived. Kind of take us through that, that whole journey. Yeah. So as a kid, I was homeschooled 100% all the way through. One thing I loved about being homeschooled is that I could um, integrate what I love to do into every part of my schoolwork. Mm-hmm. So something that I've always liked is design. So whenever I would have a project like a research paper, instead of following the MLA format or whatever, my mom would let me go crazy with it and design it into a newsletter or whatever format I wanted. So I love that kind of thing. But did you have siblings? I did. I had, um, I still have a sister, younger sister, about three years younger than me. Okay. And so Um, you guys homeschooled together. mm -hmm. We did. Yep. You know, you know, what's funny is that I also homeschooled. Um, I homeschooled fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth grade. And I, too, had a sister who was my classmate. <laughs> and you know what it's like. I know what it's like. Uh, but so that's interesting. So, yeah. So what was that like for you? I mean, did you find um, like the community that you were in was pretty uh, homeschool friendly or? Um, yeah, it, it was. Um, did you ever feel like you were missing out or? Um, not really. I think I was sold uh, sold homeschooling hard enough at home that mm-hmm. I believe that was the best way. You know yeah. what I mean? So it was something, and I see now there's many different ways, obviously, and, and advantages to each. But at the time, I was like, it, whenever I tell somebody I was homeschooled, for some reason they were like, oh man, I wish I didn't have to go to school. You know, I wish I could stay home <laughs> You're too. Like, yeah, and, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I also sometimes like, I just, you know, I'm just going to try to blend in so nobody knows I'm homeschooled. But mm-hmm. um, I did love it. I loved the freedom of being, I like, I would, every morning when I first woke up, I'd like go outside and like build a fort or something in the woods or go play outside or my sister, I would like try to make some random video with my sister and have her be the actor and she would get bored of it and leave halfway through. But I would just love to like create things and be outside a lot. So that was one thing I enjoyed about it. And your parents were, I mean, were they pretty supportive of that? Yeah, for I mean, sure. You just being kind of creative and. Yes. Yeah. And that was, that was like I said, just one thing, I would integrated my creativity into whatever I was doing. Like when it was time to do science, I researched random animals I was interested in and created a newsletter and sent it out to all my friends in the mail. And I was a giant nerd that way. <laughs> was? <laughs> was. Still am. Yep. Wow. So that's, that is super interesting. And so you kind of, you were cool with it. Like you never questioned it or it, you never were bitter about, you know, not being able to play with the other boys or... No, not really. I, I did have a lot of opportunities to hang out with other people. Um, I did. I was in Boy Scouts, also a thing that's a nerd, so I, I don't know if this is helping. <laughs> but uh, I also um, was... Um, and you're married, so, you know. I am married. It's like, yes. it worked out it, for it, you. It, exactly. 
Um, so if you're lonely and you think that there's no hope for you, we got a homeschooler who was a Boy Scout. Yep. He's got a lovely family. So, you know, there's still hope. There's still Don't hope. Worry. Yeah. So Boy Scouts and that was a big that was a big influence in your life. Yeah. As well. I um, yeah, I love Boy Scouts. I did it from age of 11 all the way through, I guess, 18, I think, is when you get kicked out. And <laughs> they uh, make you yeah, leave. They make you leave. Kicking oh, but and I'm screaming. having fun. I'm hiking and exploring. Yeah. No. Um. So yeah, I was an Eagle Scout, which was a lot of fun. That was a lot of hard work, but my dad was really supportive of that and helped me through all that stuff. And I, I learned a ton of leadership skills through that, honestly. Um, probably most of my leadership has kind of sparked from that. So then it, it, at what point did you start thinking about higher education or did you start trying to look in to see if there was like homeschool college or something like that? <laughs> a homeschool college? Uh, no, I, you know, I guess closest thing I can think of to that would be like Bob Jones University since they make all the homeschool curriculum. <laughs> That's too, true. So yeah. You can just go a right Becca into book. that. Yeah. I didn't honestly look that far for higher education. I just decided to stay in my hometown at the time, which was Lynchburg and go to, go to school there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, enjoyed it. I honestly, I think the biggest things I got out of being at a university was just, um, meeting other people, um, and getting connected with other people that were doing cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, since I had a, a lot of design experience at that point, I don't feel like that was really worth it in that way as far as like the design program that I was a part of, but I do feel like the connections and relationships I made, like I still have a lot of those friends today. Yeah. And, and so when you're going into college, do you have an idea of what you wanted to do for a living or? Yeah, I, I mean, when I went into college, I was already working a job doing design work. So I knew that's what I wanted to do. So how did you get into design? I mean, um, naturally just came to I you? I think, or? to be honest, I think it was because I wasn't allowed to play video games. Okay. And what I mean is I, when I was bored with my spare time, I would get on the computer and I'm like, all right, what is there to do here? All right, there's Microsoft Word. Well, here's Publisher. Here's Microsoft Paint. Maybe I could make something cool with this. So I would draw okay. pixel art with Microsoft Paint or I would uh, mess around with Microsoft Word and Word Art. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, <laughs> make some really crazy fisheye stuff with rainbow text with Word Art with a drop shadow or something. How can I make a really cool PowerPoint? <laughs> and can't play Mario Kart, but I can make a sweet PowerPoint. <laughs> Speaking of being a nerd, yeah. So I, 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 um, I just thought it was cool to make stuff look like a corporation. So I would like make up logos and be like, I'm going to make something that looks like a real letterhead, like a real company. <laughs> and so for some reason I thought that was cool or fun yeah. because I was homeschooled probably. <laughs> and so I just had a lot of practice just making stuff for fun. And, and that's how that newsletter started as I was like, I want to make something that feels official, like an adult would make, you know? And I was, yeah. I guess like you're looking at me like, Oh, that's so sad. Poor Ben. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was, I was, you know, like 11 or 12 and I was, I made a whole mailing list and started actually printing and mailing them to my friends. And uh, I don't know, maybe their moms read it. I don't know if anybody actually read it or not. But you got into it. Yeah, I got into it. I loved it. And so then in college, then did you sit down and say, okay, then I I like designing. I've been kind of hacking my way through this stuff. I want to learn more about it. So did you major in design? I majored in design. Um, It's communication uh, and design. And um, I I did it because that was the clear thing I wanted to do. But... um, there was only, like I said, I, I feel like there was only a few things that I learned from college um, as far as the program because a lot of stuff that I was doing on my own or at companies I was doing for pay, you know, at that point. Um, and it was real world experience versus kind of fake projects. And I mean, to be honest, I, that transition from homeschooling to college for me was 
was tricky because I wasn't used to holding myself. It sounds weird because you're supposed to be accountable to yourself and homeschooling yeah. a lot. But when I went into college, I struggled with procrastination and not getting stuff done on time, mm -hmm. um, overthinking it, trying to be perfect at it instead of actually just turning it in. So if I could go back, I would have a completely different strategy with school as far as like, all right, what's the optimal amount of time I can put in on these classes to pass and not like, how do I make everything perfect? You know? Yes. I mean, did you do okay in, in school or? Um, not, not really. I mean, I, I failed English two times and then I clapped <laughs> out of it when I realized you could do that and I got like, <laughs> I aced it. But it was like stuff like I wouldn't turn in my papers on time, you know, I would. Because they weren't perfect. Yeah, they weren't perfect. Or I was like, all right, I'm going to make the perfect outline. I worked for so long on it. And then it was like uh, the papers do. And I'm like, well, I missed it. And then I wouldn't, I felt ashamed. So I wouldn't even talk to the teacher about it afterwards. Like it was, it was horrible. Like yeah. I, I didn't know how to function in that environment in a, in a healthy way. So um, yeah, I learned a lot through that. And did you graduate college or did you end up dropping out? No, I, I dropped out. I went for, um, I went for four years until my scholarships, et cetera. <laughs> you went for four whole I years and still didn't get a degree. No. And I mean, I'm only a few credits away. I think maybe like 12 credits from graduating. And I was just like, you know, I'm already working a job now. I'm not saying this is smart, but this is, <laughs> I'm saying this is the opposite of smart warning, but this is what I did. Yeah. So uh, I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm already working a job. I could choose to keep paying and going back to school or I could go full time into this. And at that point I had a lot of freelance work I was doing as well as regular job. And I knew that in my industry, I should have probably thought of this before I went into it. Um, but in my industry of a degree is not as valuable when yeah. it comes to design as your portfolio and the proof right. of the work that you can do. Um, a degree is it's not meaningless, but it's not as important. Yeah. So, how did you first start getting work then? I mean, what was kind of some of your first work when you were in school? You said you were kind of moonlighting, moonlighting and freelancing then? Yeah, I started by, you know, it's funny, that, that work, my passion project, if you want to call it that, my newsletter when I was like 12 kind of uh, was passed around and like my pastor found out about it. So he was like, oh, this is cool. Could you do this for the church? So I started doing it for the church and then it became, can you design these other things for the church? And then people saw that and I was like, oh, well, can I um, have you do something for our soccer team? You know, it's like little small projects, like local rec soccer league or something. And so I started doing more and more of these small little projects and people just started to know that I did it, you know, and a lot of it started free and then very cheap. Um, I think one of my first paid projects was like um, maybe like $300 for a local um, soccer league. And I was like, oh my gosh, I made $300. You know, this is insane. Rip them off. I, I, <laughs> I was like, I'm rich. I, I don't know. I think I was maybe like 15 or something like that. But for That's me, really I was good. like, I was like, this is amazing. I could go work at the movie theater <laughs> for five bucks an hour. Yeah. So that was that was a really cool experience for me doing that. Um, but yeah, it was really honestly by doing tons and tons of free work. I mean, I was young too, so it was yeah. fine to do that. But I think that is sometimes a good way to get into an industry is just by getting tons of experience doing it free. Oh, yeah, totally. And, and I think, you know, I similarly spend a lot of time cutting my teeth in a house of worship of doing videos and, you know, creating content and like trying to learn things in order to deliver on a weekly basis, you know, which I think really taught me a lot as far as um, just the value of, of getting stuff done and it not being perfect, but having to like launch it on Sunday morning, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think I definitely am one of those people who is, who's a proponent for volunteering. You know, a lot of times people come to me and they say, well, where do I get started? Or, you know, how do I start? I'm like, just start making stuff, you know? 
Yeah, I totally agree. And it's hard to distinguish. Sometimes people ask, like, should you do spec work or not and that kind of stuff. And I typically am like, don't do work for free for somebody to ask you to if they're just a company that wants to take advantage of you or something. Right. Um, with the promise of like, we'll give you more work later. I probably wouldn't do that. But if you can find something you believe in, like if you just find a cool organization that you're like, hey, they're doing great work. I want to volunteer and help them. That's a great way to do it. Or if you're looking to even like a, an actual you know company that's for profit that you think is super cool, like a local bike shop or something, you're like, hey, let me help you guys out. That's a great way to do it if it's on your terms and you're saying, hey, I want to help you. Yeah, well, and it's a great way to build a portfolio. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have some friends um, you know, who are really into CrossFit and they also you know, want to start a video business. And so it's like, well, hey, why don't you just create a CrossFit video for the CrossFit gym you go to, and then now you have a piece for your portfolio and some goodwill towards a business. And, you know, a lot of times work just comes from you doing something like that. And then somebody else says, oh, you made that video. I need some video for X, Y, and Z, or I need graphic design for X, Y, and Z, or I need a website for X, Y, and Z. And it just slowly starts to, you know, snowball. And if you're constantly trying to improve your craft and get better at what you do and, uh, get feedback from peers that you look up to and trust, then eventually you'll you'll start to kind of come into your own and and you know be able to make a living at, at what you're doing. You know. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, so you kind of started working young, then essentially getting paid at a young age to to yep. make graphic content. So you kind of started off as a graphic designer. Yeah, basically, yeah, okay. it was it was print graphics and yeah, other type of stuff. Like and that. then when did you you started going to college? And then when did you get like your first like big boy job? Like, what was it for? Um, it like, was, did a company say, hey, come run our, you know, be a graphic designer at our office? It was a, um, a friend of mine was working for a local ad agency and they knew me as a good designer because I had done lots of work for uh, the church that we had gone to previously. And um, yeah, they recommended me to their boss to come in for an interview and I was still in school, but I was like, yeah, I'll come check it out. So uh, interviewed me, got hired and yeah, started working um for them, um, part-time while I was in school. And then at what point after four years of college <laughs> did you say, I don't think I want to go to school anymore? <laughs> I was just so bad at it. I was so much better at working and, yeah. and doing projects, you know, for our paid clients. And, uh, and I didn't see the value in finishing, you know, what would that help me with if I was already kind of doing what I wanted to do? Right. Um, like I said, not recommending it, but that was my thinking at the time. Well, I, I think too, I mean, just, I think there's a lot of things out there. I think it's more important for you not to be in debt than it is for you to get a degree. You know, I, I always tell people that, man, if you know what you want to do and what you do can be learned from a mentor or by doing, then by all means, skip college and and just start doing. You know, I have a lot of friends who... Uh, or sound engineers, you know, I have one friend, he, he went to Full Sail, which I don't think is around anymore, but it's like $100,000 for a year to go and get become a certified sound engineer. And at the end of that, you know, he's got this degree, but no work, no practical um, experience. And, you know, I was in a band and 
brought this guy on tour with us and he's like, I learned more just touring and running live sound in six months than I did in a hundred thousand dollars in a year in school. It's like, man, you should have maybe just joined a local band and like learned sound, you know? And in this day and age, it's so much easier to learn a skill like YouTube and Google. Like, I mean, this is just the golden age of like teaching yourself and you can buy so many courses online and Udemy and all these other type of online education to learn creative skills obviously if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or something where it's like you have to go to school for that but there's a lot of things where you can kind of skip that debt and if you work hard and you're a good person and you're honest you'll be successful yeah i completely agree with that um i probably will not steer my kids toward college i won't steer them away from it but just like help them make decisions about what does make sense for you and what you want to learn how to do yeah, you know, if you want to be a doctor, you should probably go to college. But other than other than certain <laughs> things like that, um, that's not something you should just practice on your own, probably. Um, but you know, it was, it was a really smart thing one of my employees did. Um, our designer Savannah, um, it's she wanted to learn about the way we did web design and be part of our company, and she actually re- reached out and said, "Hey, um, you know, I would like to volunteer to do work with you." Um, just because um, she believed in our values and she wanted to learn. And I thought that was genius because, I mean, now she's um, she's an employee and, it, you know, after a certain period of time, I saw how great of a designer she was, how well she was doing. And she's, I think she, from what she's told me, she's learned a ton about working in the industry and that kind of stuff. Um, and I think that's so much better to get paid to learn something, you know, or maybe, you know, at least not have to pay to learn something. Um, and then eventually you get experience working with real clients, you get experience working with a company and potentially a way to get a job. So I think that's a great approach is to offer to volunteer at a company you admire. You know, if you have the ability to do that, I think it's a really good approach. Yeah, for sure. Were your parents pretty supportive of you leaving school? I mean, or it's just saying, hey, like I'm almost at the finish line, but I'm going to tap out. Um, I wouldn't say they were supportive of that, but they, you know, they let me make my own decision. Yeah. They weren't trying to interfere. Um, they were always supportive of me in school, but I, I think I was just very distracted, um, partially by the work I was doing and then also um, dating my now wife too. So that was, yeah. I think I didn't focus as well as I should have. I need to make money yeah. and make out. <laughs> exactly, priorities. Yeah. So, all right, so then you, you just jump into the workforce. You start crushing it as a graphic designer and, and you're teaching yourself other skills at this point as well, like HTML and, and other things like that or. So initially that job I was doing mostly, I guess it was a pretty broad variety of stuff. I was doing branding type design, you know, for logos, I was doing website design and then I was also doing um, like print design and stuff like that. So it was really broad types of stuff, even some user interface kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So that was that, um, that job, um, ended up, um, uh, that company ended up closing down. So, um, that was something where I had to find something else quickly after that. But, um, I think I worked there for a little over a year. Okay. So you get another job and how long, what what was your longest job somewhere? Let's see. I worked at that ad agency, another ad agency, so two or three actually. And then, um, all, I think most of them closed down after like a year or two. You, and, there's a pattern okay, here. You start. I know. I, well, it gets worse. I start 
my boss gets a divorce and then the company closes down. That was the pattern. All three. So, <laughs> two of them, the last two. And I was like, wait, what's the common denominator? Wait a second. It's everywhere I go. Oh, no. And then, um, yeah, so then I ended up going back to work for the university that I went to school for um, to do design for them. And I started out in the IT department, actually. Uh, it was kind of the whole deal of just get into the company and then move mm-hmm. to where you need to be. So I moved into the IT department doing um, some design just for like the customer service within IT. And then within a year, um, I talked with like the creative team at the university and kind of moved into that after a year, which was like the minimum amount of time you had to stay in one position. Mm-hmm. So then I was on that team and basically became sort of like a, a lead designer kind of creative director role for the web team. Um, so I was over the different, you know, websites and stuff like that, um, there. And, uh, I ended up staying at the university for, let's see, was it about five years? So that was the longest I've ever worked somewhere consistently. Nobody got divorced and the school didn't shut down. The school didn't close down surprisingly. So uh, the curse is broken. (laughs) (laughs) So did you find fulfillment, um, you know, working, working there at the school and, you had kind of rose to like the creative director then of that department. Yeah. So they didn't have that title. I think it was like designer three or one, two and three or something like that. But basically you were the team lead and mm-hmm. you, you were responsible for the creative direction basically. Um, but yes, basically I, I, I did enjoy it to some degree. Um, I, my personality, I don't enjoy working in a large company as much because um, I think it, you're part of a, a, a bigger system and you have to work within that or sometimes rebel from that in order to get something done. Mm-hmm. Not um, a bureaucracy right. and approvals. And, exactly, yeah. which I'm okay with. But, you know, also when you're in a university, their main priority isn't really how good is the design. You know, it's for a job, which I understand. Um, but the way, you know, the system works, you don't have a lot of choices about what tools you use, what process you use, and that kind of stuff. So um, I did lead some changes to make some improvements there, but there's a limited limited amount of things you can really change in a big organization like that. So I was definitely inspired to, you know, once I, and the type of work I was doing there was web design, but I wasn't doing coding. I was really just doing mostly the front end stuff using Photoshop or Sketch or things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I felt really motivated to try to do something on, on my own. You know, at that point I I became, I mean, honestly, I I became somewhat frustrated with working in the system, but, you know, I try to keep positive attitude, but after a while, you know, sometimes you just feel like it's sucking your soul and you you just got to get out before it's too late. You know, it's like (laughs) either give up and don't try to change things, you know, or you have to leave. Oh yeah. Yeah. Buy some khakis and some white new balances and just buckle down for the rest (laughs) of the ride. (laughs) I just wasn't willing. I I didn't want to do it. Um, so, and so did you start talking to your wife and family and friends? Like, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to like, like go get a new job or go start my own thing. So my, I guess some of the catalysts to, to the decision, what one was having um, kids. So I had I already had my son and my daughter was on the way and I was thinking, you know, I really don't want to be working too much. And what I had done at that point is, you know, the job paid okay, but I was also doing um, side work to kind of supplement that. So I was doing about 40 hours at the regular job plus about 20 hours of freelance, you know, and I have a second kid on the way. So I'm like, I don't want to be working 60 hours a week anymore. So I had the choice between do I want to keep doing what I'm doing or do more freelance because I didn't want to do both. And my freelance income was equaling what I was making at my full-time job. So I was thinking, all right, well, if this is equaling this, (laughs) one's 20 hours and one's 40 hours. So, So which one should I go with? 
Um, so what I did was I decided to make a plan of, okay, let me, let me give myself some goals over the next three months. And I talked to, to my wife about this. Like, Hey, if I hit these goals for three months, I think I'm going to quit. What do you think? You know, let's, I, but I want to prove it to myself. I can do it and prove mm-hmm. it to you and make sure this is not just a fluke. Right. Right. So I made a three month plan to equal the same income as my, at my regular job use, with only 20 hours of work a week. And, um, I basically broke it down into weekly goals and then I broke it down into daily goals. As you know, as we've talked about, mm-hmm. I love breaking down giant yeah, goals into baby methodical. steps. <laughs> yeah. I love to check off a checklist at the end of the day and feel good. So, um, just know that I'm on the right track. So I basically did that and, uh, did it for three months and hit, hit the goal every month for three months. And, um, I decided to put in my notice and, and go full time with my own, um, with my own company. What did that feel like? I mean, uh, did you just feel like so awesome? It was very freeing. Yeah. It Were you was. like a Jerry Maguire moment where you're like, I'm out of here. Screw you all. Who's coming with me? <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> uh, but no, and I, I, I honestly, I love those people that I worked with, but it was definitely, it was so freeing. And um, I think a lot of people are like, take me with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, but anyways, yeah, it was, it was really cool. And I, it was such a healthy change for me personally. I like, I lost weight immediately, like over the next few months because I basically would like go for walks during the day. And I, while I was thinking about stuff or doing phone meetings or whatever, and mm-hmm. just so many changes in the design of my life immediately that I could have more freedom. Um, it was, I mean, that first year, uh, I think I was about a year worked on my own. Yeah. That first year was just great. Just total freedom. And it, just, it was a big change. And so did you have a, uh, you know, you kind of made this income plan that said, okay, I need to make X, Y, and Z before I can leave my job. Then you hit that goal. Did you have like a, a business plan or some sort of like business strategy or was it kind of like, I'm just going to take work as it comes and I'm going to be the jack of all trades when it comes to design and were you doing website stuff at all at that point? Yeah, I had just started doing website stuff. I had discovered Squarespace um, and being a designer, not as much of a developer. It was really cool because I could do a lot of stuff myself without having to worry about coding and stuff like that. So I saw it as like, wow, this is huge. I could switch from doing just print and logo design for for clients and not hiring a developer and I can go straight into doing actual websites for people. Um, So that was, yeah, that was really, really great. Just being able to... um, to discover something that I had a brand new skill set, skill set basically. And I, as far as a business plan, I'd say, um, not a traditional business plan. I actually read a book, I think it was called the right brain business plan. Whichever side of your brain is the creative side. Is that the right yeah. side? Okay. Yeah. So I I'm left-handed, yeah. so I'm in my uh, right mind. <laughs> oh, I see. How it is. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So it was, it was, um, the right brain business plan. And I read that actually, I think it was while, I was reading that while my wife was in labor in the hospital, like she had fallen asleep or something, you know, from the epidural. And I was like reading the right brain business plan. But it's funny because it's like so much less of the whole like, uh, I mean, it does have some logical parts to it, but it's like stuff like, all right, close your eyes and imagine what your business will be like in five years, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, I actually did it. And I wrote down some stuff, you know, and and it actually did. It was helpful, like coming up with a plan in the way that I think a little bit. I do think very logically in some ways, but then also I like to think a little bit more creative about stuff. So 
Um, yeah, that was really, really helpful to go through that. And then also I did definitely have a lot of calculations as far as numbers, like how many clients do I need? How many people do I need to be talking with as far as leads per week in order to equal this amount of money? So there's definitely a whole funnel and all that kind of stuff. And I had also a big thing for me then was a few marketing consultants that I knew. Um, and basically, um, them having, you know, maybe 50 clients they work with. So anytime they need a design thing, it would come straight to me. So it was a mm. great consistent source of leads with a couple of marketing consultants, which I totally recommend if you're a designer. Yeah. Find some good friends that are in a complimentary business and, um, work out a deal, design their website for free. <laughs> sure. <laughs> bring yeah. you some clients. Sure. So then you, you went off on your own, you started doing your own thing. Um, and did it just naturally just start to get, you know, steam? And at what point did you feel like, man, I should hire somebody to help me out? So the first big kind of leap in our growth, I'd say, was um, we were doing some work on Squarespace with something they launched called the developer platform where you could actually code something without a template. And... Um, at the time, I was working with a developer um, from the university, and he actually um, was doing the coding for those sites. And so we had done something really cool with it um, that one of the employees at Squarespace actually noticed and said, hey, you guys are doing awesome work, and actually reached out to us and said, you guys are doing some really good work on our platform. Can we put you on this page on our website called the Specialist Page and link to you? And at the time, there was three other people on the page, I think. Oh, wow. um, and so they said, hey, can we link out to you and send you some work? And we're like, sure. And then next thing we knew, every day we were getting about three emails from people saying, will you design my website and build it on Squarespace? And I was just like overwhelmed. Like, this is insane. Like three three a day, I need to have somebody come on board just to help me, you know, answer these leads. And plus, yeah. you know, these projects are pretty um, pretty big. So I would, this contractor I've been paying, you know, that works at the university, he should come on full time if you know, we did another like three month plan. If this keeps up for three months, then let's go ahead and bring you full time. So that's what we did. So he went full time um, and and uh, started with me. I was still in my basement, but we kind of made it look cool. Like when did IKEA run, <laughs> painted everything, made it feel like an office. I even put a water cooler down there to make me feel like I had a real office. <laughs> nice. Um, and uh, yeah, basically brought brought him on board, and he was he was my first hire, and we did. Uh, uh, basically custom coded Squarespace websites was our main thing at the time. Yeah. So, I mean, did that kind of thrust you into that in the sense of you were kind of doing a lot of graphic design and logo and branding and stuff like that. And then oh, I'll help you with your Squarespace site. Yeah. And then when you got invited to be a part of their developers, you know, like preferred vendor, essentially it like kicked up the gas. You're like, Oh, maybe we just make, maybe we're a Squarespace site company now. Absolutely, because it was the, the type of work I enjoyed the most was website design mm -hmm. already. Yeah, it's and methodical. You can tweak things to death. You <laughs> can like perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was something I I loved already, and and as soon as that opportunity came up, I was like, man, this is a huge opportunity, and because it was people clients from all around the country, so it was really not just local referrals anymore. Right. It was now people in major metropolitan areas across the U.S. contacting us, um, and so that just was a huge bump. And yeah, that was honestly like a something that. It was a huge opportunity. You can't really control it. All we did really was try to do a great job for this one client. And that's what led to this opportunity was just doing a really good job on one project. Mm. So that's interesting because I think, you know, I, I found you shortly after that. Like I started working with you in 2015, I think. And so, um, you know, they had a lot of vendors on their site at that point. 
Yeah, I think we probably got on the list around 2013, I'm guessing. Okay. Yeah, um, and at that time, it was literally a header with text and then a few bullet points right. with like links to websites. That was all it was at the time, not a huge directory. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'd like you to share a little bit about your process too, because, you know, when I started working with you, you had such a slick process that I'd never experienced before when it come, you know, came to working with a vendor. I was actually, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, I was working for a real estate tech company and I was the director of creative media and we needed a new website. And so I was very familiar with the Squarespace platform. And so I knew that if I had somebody who had really good design skills make me a site that looked above average, that I could then go in there and tweak it and, and change text and, and whatnot simply myself, um, which was a good fit for a company that you know was on a budget and that couldn't spend you know 60 grand on a new website or 100 grand on a new website. So um, that's how I found Knapsack was just going on to Squarespace and essentially interviewing a bunch of people and trying to find somebody who I kind of aligned with design wise. And, um, but yeah, I would like you to share a little bit about that, your process and, you know, how did that evolve? You know, so you go from running gun, like requests coming in, we're making websites, hiring your first hire, at what point was it kind of chaotic that you, you said, we need to create a process around this? Because your current process is, is, I mean, it's really dialed in and you, you really have a system that you follow. Yeah, um, I think probably one of the biggest keys to us even developing a process at all was the fact that we set aside 20% of our business time, 100% on working on our own business and not um, client work. So from the beginning, I basically set aside Fridays to only be working on stuff for our own business. Um, so we only do client work Monday through Thursday. That was from when I started my company. Um, do you still do that? Yeah, we still do that. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we're closed on Fridays. If you look at our hours on our site, it says, you know, Monday through Thursday, um, closed on Fridays. Um, so that honestly is what has allowed us to do the thinking time in order to improve and make our process better over time. So... I'll start with that maybe, that process, and then go into how our other process developed. But basically, the, the process we use on Fridays is we take, um, throughout the week we have a Slack channel called the Friday channel, and anytime we think of an idea or we come across a problem in our system, like maybe there's like a, a hiccup for some client because it's an unusual circumstance or whatever, uh, we'll just write down, hey, we need to talk about this Friday, whatever it might be. And then every Friday we look through that whole Slack channel, make a list, and then we go through each one, decide, hey, is there something we can solve with this? Or is this, you know, something we just need to manage for the future? You know, or is there a solution we can implement in our process? Then we'll update any of our checklists based on that and that kind of thing. So every Friday morning we have a team review and we just look through everything in the Slack channel and update it as well as review current projects or whatever. But it's basically a way to have like a trigger in a place to put something so you don't forget that it needs to be fixed. And so that's kind of our system for just improving and innovating over time is just having that that um, Friday channel and meeting about it every morning and Fridays. Yeah, so uh, what, what inspired you to do something that so early on? You know, like what what were you thinking or what were you looking at to say, Hey, I should really devote. Cause you know, so many times people start their business and start their company and it's, uh, you know, just running by the seat of your pants, just trying to constantly keep up with the workload. And you, you always think about your business last as far as marketing and, you know, development, all that kind of stuff. I think actually the thing that inspired me was uh, there's a couple books I had read, but also I believe at the time, I don't know if they still do this, but I think 
Google had something they called 20% time or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, and totally. I, th- I think that's what, in a lot of the developers I was working with were like, hey, what is this cool thing? We should try to implement this right. at our you know, university. That yeah. never really This is happened, what cool startups do. Yeah, exactly. They give time back to their people. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, like, So I think I was a little bit like, wow, that's, that's a great idea. And so that's kind of one reason. I um, did that. I, it's a little bit of a twist on it because it's not like just work on any project you want. Yeah, but it's focused on the business. Right. Um, that was one thing. Another thing that really inspired me was the rework book by the guys from Basecamp, uh, 37 Signals at the time. Um, and I don't remember if they specifically talked about that, but that was a huge influence on a lot of ways I did business was that book. Yeah, and so did were you, because it sounds like, you're very checklist oriented, you're goal oriented, you know, you, you kind of write things down. So, you know, the way that you design websites is, is unique, right? You, you spend a day working with somebody and essentially building up to that time, you get the information you need so that on the day of production, you can create somebody's website in one day. Yeah. So the way that evolved, um, his, it's pretty organic too. It's just it basically, um, I like to help my friends succeed at doing what they love, like quit their job and go full time because it made such a big difference in my life and my family's life. I'm like, man, everybody needs to do what they love and 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 quit their job. You know, like yeah. not everybody needs to, but yeah, but it, it makes such a big difference. Um, you know, if you're doing something you enjoy, so. I would be helping my friends on my free time to build a website for them for free instead of for pay or whatever. Um, but I found that it was kind of became a chore if I had to kind of go home and work on it on my own and they weren't even invested as invested as I was in building it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of made them be there with me, you know, it's like, Hey, I will help you with this, but you have to hang out with me while we do it. <laughs> so it'd be like an evening or How lunch. bad do you want this? Exactly. You have to hang out with me. <laughs> do you like, no, please. Boy Scout homeschooler. <laughs> They're like, Oh, it's worth a free website. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, I did that and I started by designing a couple logos for people that way. And I found it was pretty cool because I could get immediate feedback as I designed it. So I might, you know, just say, Oh, what about this? Let's try this font. And, and they would tell me, Oh, I like this. Don't like that. And I could guide them through it and ask them, do you want to be professional or do you want to be like more modern or whatever it might be? And I just found it be like super efficient and, and then as I became more familiar with Squarespace and the tools and, and went away from doing developer platform, but more template focused stuff that you could change very quickly, I just found that we would sit there and build out a site in maybe like four hours with them if they brought their stuff with them. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much better than emailing back and forth with the client. If I could just talk to them in person or sit with them as I build it and they can just say what they like and don't like, I can ask them you know, goal questions about their website I was like, this is just no nonsense. It's just so transparent, so easy to do. And it's easy for me, easy for them. Why don't I try it with a client? So my first client to try it was a photographer. And, I, and they said, oh, here's my budget. And it was lower than anything else we offered at the time because we were doing custom stuff mostly. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll give you a deal. I'll do this for $1,000 and we'll do it all in one day. You just bring a USB drive with all your stuff on it and we'll figure it out. And so they, they did that, came to uh, my basement office at the time. and <laughs> With your water cooler. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, and we knocked out a site in a day. I mean, we didn't really have a process or a plan at that point. It was more of, Hey, let's just see, you know, how this works and they're getting a good deal on it. So 
that worked well. And I started trying it with a few other clients and I was like, man, this is great. My, I, I, over time I started hiring, uh, I had another employee that was more content focused that mm-hmm. we brought on and uh, administrative person. So there's, you know, I'm skipping some things there, but brought in, brought in some other people as well. But we found that this process, it, it needed a little bit more to it than just show up and let's figure it out. <laughs> so, right. I mean, it worked if somebody was pretty prepared or understood what they wanted already. But we, you know, decided to add on a few things um, in, cor- in order to make it smoother. So we added on something called a content meeting prior to the to that site build day. So basically, we added on the uh, meeting where you bring all of your content to us, and then we review it together, make sure we have everything we need, ask questions about it, make sure it's organized, and have a good plan of what template we're going to use and stuff before we even start it. So that was the first step to making it better. And then we went further after that when we realized people didn't really know exactly what to bring to that meeting, you know. Um, so then we added in the site checklist. So we would give people a checklist of like, here's the exact stuff you need to bring to this meeting that we're going to review beforehand to make sure you have everything you need. And then we'll build your site a week later, you know, on this other day. Yeah. So we just started adding these pieces, just troubleshooting along the way. How do we make this smoother? And then we found also that, you know, there's a little bit of pressure at the end of the day where people feel like, oh, man, there's one more thing I want to get done, but it's five o'clock, you know, and we would go over to get it done because we wanted to help them out. But we didn't want them to feel that as much stress on that. So then we added on one more piece, which is a 30 minute meeting after the fact, a follow up session within 30 days of of building it where they can just keep a list of any little things they want to do. So they know there's a time where we can do this later Mm. Um, and it helps them kind of uh, feel more relaxed in the the process and stuff like that. That's another piece we added. and then now having another designer, another thing we've added because we're like, oh, well, some of these websites, you know, we're building them during the day in the morning, but we could honestly be further along before they even see this. So now we've added something we call prep work, which is right before that site build day. We do a little bit of work on the back end, actually put in all their content and have a rough thing built before they even see it in the morning. So then they're surprised like, wow, this is already looking great. And I, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Awesome. What are we going to do the rest of the day? You know? Yeah. So, I mean, and it's, it depends on how big it is. Sometimes you don't get that far, but we basically try to get even more done before they even see it. So, I mean, that's kind of the idea of how naturally it's evolved. Just as we ran into bumps with different clients and we see these consistent problems happening, we just make a note of it. And then we brainstorm, all right, how do we fix this? And we just troubleshoot and kind of figure it out along the way, honestly. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I would say that it's one of the most uh, enjoyable processes when it comes to, you know, working with somebody in a creative way. I've done it twice now and have just found that it's, um, I would say for most people's needs, like you are able to, you know, create something that works. And so... I'll pay you later. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if, uh, you know, if you're in the need of a website, uh, check out knapsack.com. Knapsack You can get knapsack. I'm sure it's taken. I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Knapsackcreative.com. Um, so then you, you're kind of in a good rhythm then. You're, you're kind of doing your thing. Um, you're able to hire some employees. You're, got a good system down. Um, you know, what, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay inspired? You know, what do you do for yourself in order to kind of keep, keep moving along? Um, I think one thing is I really do enjoy what I do as far as design goes. And I, even more than designing websites, I think I enjoy designing my company and making it more efficient or making it, um, you know, run smoother. So that really keeps me motivated. I just enjoy that part of it. Um, 
And one thing I'm doing right now related, I think I've told you about it, but just trying to systemize my business more and kind of have it run without me to some degree. So I'm reading a book called Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz, which is really cool. And Mm -hmm. that's been helping me kind of set these um, systems, even more systems in place to help um, our um, employees serve our customers even when I'm not there and be able to continue on without me so that I'm not like a a critical part of daily operations, if that makes sense. Um, So that's something I'm working on that keeps me really excited right now. I'm I'm very motivated to do that because I'm going to be doing a month-long uh, vacation from my business uh, with no contact whatsoever in May of 2020. I'll be in oh, Hawaii. Wow. So okay. I have, up. yeah, so it's coming up. So I'm very motivated to figure that out before I leave. Um, so that, that'd be a really um, exciting thing. So I'm excited about that. Um, as far as like personally, I, um, I really enjoy riding. Um, I have an e-bike, so I love going out and riding. I ride back and forth to work every day. I don't have a car. And, just, and a recent one wheel purchase. I may have ordered a one wheel. <laughs> It should be there the day I get back from this conference. Nice. So I'll hopefully be able to say hi to my family before I jump on that. Or maybe I can take them with me somehow. You probably have to charge it for 24 hours. So yeah. you'll probably have to like plug it in and be like, all right, I guess I'll play with the kids. Yeah. So I wait for my one wheel to charge. But yeah, I just love being outdoors. I think it comes back from the, the whole Boy Scouts thing. But I love being in the woods. Uh, like uh, ways I recharge. I mean, oh, it, it's funny because... It, what I do seems very fast paced. Wow. You, it's stressful. You got to build a website in one day, but we systemize it so much that I'll work with the client in the morning. And then when I get to lunch, you know, they take a lunch break. I take a lunch break like everybody else. I'm not going to work through lunch. You know, they don't expect that either. Um, so I'll grab my hammock. I'll go walk across the river to an Island and set up my hammock for the, for, you know, an hour for my lunch break and just eat lunch and chill, maybe take a nap or whatever. And I'm like, I'm living the life, you know, like <laughs> it I, sounds awesome. It's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> and, and there's a bike trail there. I can go ride my one wheel now. Um, so I feel like I, I feel very grateful to be in a spot where um, business is somewhat self-sufficient in that I'm not like scrambling for business or anything right now. You know, I feel that um, I have really great people that I work with at the office that um, really care about what we're doing. And I have really, really awesome clients that are doing cool stuff in the world. So I, I really enjoy all that stuff. Um, I don't feel like I need to get to something else. You know, I do feel like kind of content and happy with where I'm at, but I also do feel like there are more people out there that are experiencing like horrible website projects that I need to like help them not do that. Cause it's so frustrating, you know? Yeah. Um, so I feel like part of my mission is just like make website projects enjoyable, you know, and not be horrible. It sounds like a great slogan <laughs> or tagline. We make projects not horrible. Yeah. Dot yeah. com. So what, um, I guess if you could offer some advice or just some encouragement, you know, to somebody who's coming up, I mean, what would be, I think this interview has been great. I, I think you've shared a lot of good resources and books and um, just some inspiration uh, to people who are maybe in a similar spot where they're working a job and they're, you know, curious about essentially going full time. Maybe they're just freelancing on the side. Like a lot of us start just doing a side hustle, you know, um, you know, but what are some words of encouragement maybe that you could offer to somebody or, um, you know, maybe even some other resources, some other books or things like that that you, that you've read and that you would say that, Hey, this is a good place to start. Yeah. Um, I guess a couple of things. One is, you know, I, I really feel like I wouldn't be doing exactly what I'm doing now uh, if I hadn't tried to do a really good job for each of my clients. 
Um, and I think you've experienced this too, is, is getting referrals because you actually care, not just pretending like you care, but really actually trying to solve the real problem mm-hmm. and do a good job. And that do, it is rewarding. Squarespace noticed that we were doing a good job. And I mean, honestly, that blew up in a great way for us. Um, so that's one lesson I learned there, I feel like. And then um, another thing is, I think um, there's there's a lot of value in figuring out how to package your services in, a, in an efficient way that people can quickly understand. Um, so one book that I've read that's a really quick read, I think it literally takes only an hour, and it's a free ebook. It's called Breaking the Time Barrier uh, by Mike McDermott. He's the founder of FreshBooks. And he wrote this great ebook that basically is almost like a parable or a story that, that walks you through um, the approach of not just selling yourself hourly at an hourly rate, but how do you package that and make it something that's valuable? Like almost like value, value based pricing. It's not quite to that, Mm -hmm. but almost like productizing your services. Um, and I think productizing your services can be super valuable if you can figure out an efficient method. Um, and it allows you to get paid more what you're worth and also not be like a race to the bottom kind of in a race to the bottom kind of situation where you're just competing against, you know, every freelancer in the world. Yeah. Um, so I, that book is really great. Rework, like I mentioned, is something I really like. Um, the um, other thing I would mention is if you're at all struggling with your finances as a small business or being able to set aside any profit for yourself, and if you're just investing everything back in, but you're really n- not paying yourself well as an entrepreneur, um, what I did when I started was um, set myself a paycheck that was consistent so that I would try to make a surplus, but it, I would always take the same exact amount of money every uh, two weeks from my business so that it felt like a steady job to my family. So they always knew kind of what was coming in and they could plan for it. Um, so I would try to make it a little lower than what you know you can get so that you can at least have consistency over a surplus. And that that was really helpful for, for me at the beginning. The other thing I would just recommend is this book called Profit First by Mike Michalowicz, the same guy that wrote Clockwork. Yeah. Great book. He's um, he's on fire for I, me right now yeah. because he has another book called um, The Pumpkin Plan. You, I still got to read it. You yeah, told me about it's it. It's so yeah. good. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, I've read all three of those books you recommended. Yeah. And you just like, the guy is, is smart. It's like, so practical. Yeah. And a profit first, I, that's, I do it. And it's amazing. When I look at that account, I'm like, oh, wow. Last yeah. year, I had $0 in that account. Yeah. I started doing profit first, and now I got a nice chunk of change in there. Exactly. And the whole approach with that is just a, it's a good system for each time you get paid going into one account and splitting it in percentages into other ones. And it basically, it helps you to to actually take, um, it, it's called profit first because it makes you prioritize paying yourself right. and actually getting some enjoyment out of your business, even it, no matter like what level you're at, whether you're starting out just barely making anything or you're doing really well, actually forces you in a great way to actually um, enjoy uh, running your business. So it, yeah. it, it takes so much stress out of it. it. It's been killer for us. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, hey, uh, I am thankful for your friendship and uh, to know you. And um, I'm excited to see, you know, where your business goes and how you continue to grow and, and uh, evolve over the next, you know, decade you got to come to colorado and come hang out with me yeah, I, i'm going and especially to. being an outdoor guys you I'm, i mean i could take you some sweet camping spots dude that I'll would blow it. your mind you know um can't wait but uh yeah thanks so much for for coming on to the show and kind of sharing your story and encouraging um you know all those people that are out there that are trying to achieve their dreams and so um you know just remember that um 
you know, always look at the positive in things and, and always try to remind yourself that when you're working hard and you're doing your best, uh, for something that it will come back and, um, uh, you know, pay you back tenfold. And so, um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you, uh, next time. <laughs>